Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one sports podcast on the entire planet. I'm your host, Drake Tharp. Oh boy, we have a jam-packed episode for you today. Um, there's a lot on the table. First, I'm going to give off my Super Bowl prediction. Then we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl, which was a mess, and we'll get into that. Uh, then we're going to talk about the shocking trade that happened today. CJ McCollum off to the Pelicans, and what does that mean for the Trailblazers? I'll get in for that. Next, then, we'll talk about how LeBron has proven himself even more this year, even with a pitiful Lakers record. And finally, the grand finale. I posted this on my Instagram story. I let you guys know last week. We are going through my top 10 NBA players of all time. So let's jump into it. The Super Bowl prediction right off the bat. Super Bowl this Sunday, Rams, Bengals. Um, You know, some would say it's a great Super Bowl. Other would say that they're not watching it. Um, A lot of people like the star-studded packed Super Bowls like the Chiefs or, you know, the Buccaneers per se. If those were the teams in the Super Bowl, probably draw more viewers. But this one, two quarterbacks who have a chance to cement themselves as a top QB in the league. Some would say Stafford has already won. Some would say Burrow has already established himself. But this will really put the cement into gr- into the ground. Um, my prediction. Drum roll, please. Kidding. You don't have to. Uh, Rams. 28, 28 to 20. Um, I really think the Rams are going to bring a pass rush that the Bengals have not seen this year. Um, I think Joe Burrow will be uh, under a lot of pressure, and I think I'm being generous giving the Bengals 20 points. Um, the run game isn't going to work. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, um, they have star players all around the table. Um, pass coverage with Jalen Ramsey and crew, Taylor Rapp. Um, it's going to be a mess for the Bengals offense, but I'm giving Joe Burrow the benefit of the doubt. He's pulled out plenty of tricks Already this postseason, even in the regular season, um, I think they'll put up 20 points. He's going to pull a few tricks out of the bag. Um, but the Rams offense, the Bengals have been getting fluke defensive plays. Um, you know, in the AFC Championship game, we had uh, Chiefs-Bengals. Um, i say the Chiefs beat the Bengals probably eight times out of ten. And we saw the two times they lost, regular season and postseason. Um, the Bengals are the best situational team in the league. They control clock. They know how to come, you know, control the pace of the game. Um, they've been doing it uh, in the latter half of the regular season and throughout the playoffs. They did it with the Titans on a last-second field goal. They did it with the Chiefs in an overtime field goal. Um, and probably one of the hundred times that Patrick Mahomes is going to be forced for a three and out. Uh, actually, an interception, to be exact. Um yeah, I really think the Rams have multiple receiving threats, and the Bengals just don't have elite secondary play to stop them. Uh, with the Chiefs, you had Travis Kelsey in the middle lockdown, and Tyreek Hill had a day, but not enough. Um, with the Rams, you have Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, um, Tyler Higby. They have a lot of threats. They have good uh, pass catchers out of the backfield. I think there's a lot more weapons on the Rams than the Chiefs. I really do. Um and just a better defense overall, especially with the pass rush. The pass rush is going to be a game changer. We know the Bengals' O-line isn't the greatest um, on paper, but it got them to the Super Bowl. So, you know, I give them the benefit of the doubt for getting 20 points. I think the Rams probably force a few field goals, maybe give up a few touchdowns, but the Rams' offense will do their thing. Um, They're balanced now with their superstars. They have a very balanced offense offense and defense. Um, the Rams have went all in this year, and it will pay off. They have, what, two picks in this upcoming draft. They have a 
uh, looks like a fifth round pick and a seventh round pick. So they've traded a lot to get to where they are. Um, and I think the Rams deserve this one. Stafford deserves this one. Odell Beckham deserves this one. Jalen Ramsey deserves this one. There's a lot of guys on that Rams team who deserve one. I think Burrow will have a Super Bowl ring or two when his career is all said and done. Just not right now. Uh, yeah, so 28-20. to 20, I got the Rams. I think the defense is going to pull it out, especially with their pass rush. Um, they have a great secondary, too. I'm, you put J- Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase. Uh, Jamar Chase, I think, will have a good game, but uh, Ramsey's going to stop the big plays. So Rams, 28-20. That is my Super Bowl prediction. Next, we're going to talk about the lesser of the bowls. Not your cereal bowl in the cabinet. <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible. Anywho, the Pro Bowl. Has the Pro Bowl become a lost art? Um, you know, I believe that the Pro Bowl became a lost art when I saw my Chicago Bears quarterback Mitchell Trubisky throwing dots in the Pro Bowl. That's the year, 2018. That's when I lost complete interest. I was like, I can name 20 better quarterbacks in the league than Mitchell Trubisky. A lot of players opt out for the Pro Bowl. It's kind of a lesser of the All-Pro award, um, and it's kind of a lesser game now. We saw the two-hand touch play, um, but it's a smart move. Injuries. We get it a month before free agency. You don't want that. Um, the Pro Bowl is a very fun game, but I really think the concept should, should change between rather than have an AFC versus NFC bout uh, football game. And as they're lowering the, the standards of it rather than, you know, a normal football game where they hit um, when that makes Sean Taylor roll over in his grave from back in 07. We remember Sean Taylor blasting the punter. Um now it's become a two-hand touch game. Um, so if they're going to take all of the aspects of a tackle football game out, they might as well make it a flag football game. I have I have four different options here for different uh, Pro Bowl concepts. Um, you know, a, a, it's a tease before the Super Bowl. We got to give uh, people a show to watch, um, something that they that everybody can watch. Um, I like the idea of a flag football game. Now let's up the stakes a little bit. Um, what, who can compete in a flag football game? Oh, a lot of old guys, right? Um, I like the idea of a Legends flag football game. Get Manning back in there. Get Jerry Rice in there if he can still run a route or two. Maybe pull um, Jim Brown. Get him out of the wheelchair. Have him run down for an ISO. Running back a gap, you know, kind of deal. Um, you know, the, or, you know, the two, I saw this on Twitter, the two worst teams in the NFL, Lions, Jags, would be the example this year, battle for the number one draft pick. Now, that would be something. Or I even thought of the idea of a number one draft pick tournament. But you kind of have your um, team, it kind of, we know who's going to win if they had like an eight-team tournament um, as the skill rises from there. Um, or, you know how you have the NFL draft combine? Um, I think it would be very fun to see what the NFL players are running, say, a 40-yard dash time. Say what they can bench press now. Well, how many reps can they get now? Um, Three-cone shuffle, stuff like that. Just more fun stuff like that. We saw the race. Um, they had they had a um, NFL skills player race. Micah Parsons was the winner. Um, they were in street clothes. I want to see something more, um, I don't know, formal done. I would like to see a combine. I think that would be cool. Um I like the Legends flag football game the best, though. You pull out, you know, a lot of the... It would get a lot of uh, viewers from all ages, maybe current players versus Legends. Um, I think that would be something. But, yeah, the Pro Bowl the Pro Bowl concept right now is becoming a lost art. Um, viewers are being lost every year. The Pro Bowl used to be something 
that everybody sat around and watched. It was, um, it's kind of like the uh, NBA All-Star game. You know, it doesn't seem like they're really trying anymore. It used to be, back in the early 2000s, it used to be a, um, a game that a lot of the players took to heart. There was a lot of hard defense played in it. Um, there's now you barely see any defense. If, if it gets close in the game towards the end, then they'll, I think they amp it up a little bit. But the old All-Star game was something that players cherished. And I think the same thing's happening with the Pearl Bowl. Obviously, you don't want to get injured. I think it's smart to make it a touch game rather than a tackle football game. I know Shannon Sharp on Twitter said, I'm embarrassed for the game. Um, there's other stuff you can do with the game for the Pro Bowl festivities. It's a week before the Super Bowl. There's a lot better ideas than gathering all the best players that didn't make it to the Super Bowl into a football game. There's better ideas we can do. I really think it's time to the future is here. Let's amp it up. Yeah, so you had your Pro Bowl, your little Super Bowl teaser a week before. Super Bowl coming up, and we're about to see the end of the uh, NFL season. Um, it was really fun covering it. I had a lot a lot of hot takes. It was fun doing the pe- the uh, the power rankings. Um, you know, it, it was a very fun year of football. A lot of players surprised me. A lot of teams surprised me. I mean, you wouldn't say the Bengals would have made the Super Bowl at the start of the season now, would you? No, I don't think anybody would have. It was a very fun season. Anywho, let's jump to the hard court of the NBA. CJ McCollum traded to the Pelicans for Josh Hart, Nikhil Walker-Alexander, some guy's name I can't pronounce, and three draft picks. Now, Let's just be real here. This should have been done a while ago. If the Trailblazers wanted to build around Dame, Damian Lillard, who has made it to a, I don't think a lot of people remember this. Damian Lillard made it to the Western Conference Finals with CJ McCollum. Now, um, they had to play the Durant and Curry-led Warriors who s- sweep them. Um, but now, after that, I think that's where CJ McCollum should have been traded. I think Dame was around 29 years old. Dame is now almost 33 years old with two to three years of elite talent left, I, th- I believe. Um, I could be wrong. You could have four or five. Chris Paul's proving everybody wrong right now at his age. But the window is closing to become a contender or make a quick rebuild. So um, trading McCollum should have been done a lot sooner while his ceiling has already been hit. Um, the three draft picks better pan out to be superstars or else the Blazers are in a lot of trouble. Now, I if I were them, I would sense, hey, we're going to be in trouble. Dame only has two to three years of elite talent left with him. Um, the the thing about players that have been with teams their entire career, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowitzki, they've all had good sound ground around them. I mean, um, with Nowitzki's title run, you had Jason Terry, um, Sean Marion, Jason Kidd. There was a lot of good talent that was built around them, and Damian Lillard has not seen that same talent surrounding him except his combo his his uh sidekick McCollum um you know and the organizations did a lot better like with the Spurs Lakers and Mavericks with their players that have stuck around for 20 years they've done a lot better to grab role pieces and you know solid players to build around them and I think that the Blazers said here we'll get Dame McCollum, and then a bunch of 75 overall 2K players. That's really what it's been the entire time. Um, I really, you know, if the the Blazers want to do something within 10 years, they're not going to win a title within the next 20 years. Um, the They need to trade Damian Lillard um, right now as well and start over. They might as well. Um, it's not going to, It's they're stuck in a trap. The window is closing. They're not going to have enough time to grab good pieces around for, 
Damian Lillard to succeed within the two or three elite years he has left in him. Um, besides that, we see Anfernee Simons um, getting a lot more minutes. He's become the promising guard, so he'll take McCollum's role over. Um, but they need to develop players, and they need to develop players fast. We just saw Nasir Little. Um, if you haven't heard of him, he is a small forward who's playing very well this season. He went out with an injury. He's a very good piece for the Blazers, but they are nowhere near a title con- contention, and it's not going to happen within the two to three years that Damian Lillard has in his prime. So, Trailblazers, you might as well trade Damian Lillard now because the window has basically already closed and it's time for a rebuild. You might as well get it started now. That is all for them. Um, Don't expect me to talk about the Trailblazers a lot, but a big trade happened today. So, you know, it was, it's, you know, it's fun to think about what are they going to do. Damian Lillard is a loved player around the league. And, you know, with uh, the Kobe's, they've always... Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki, those guys who have stayed with their teams 20-plus years, those players are the ones that had the good front office and the good, you know, uh, staff putting the right players around them. And I really think that Dame should request a trade. I know he's a very loyal guy, um, but the window's closing, and it looks like he will not come up with a ring in his career unless he moves. So that's that. Next on the agenda, how LeBron has proven himself even more this year even with a pitiful Lakers record. Um, Super hot take here. I kind of dropped it on my TikTok. Um, LeBron is underrated. You ever heard that before? But he's under, he, he is underrated this year. I'll tell you why. LeBron is still, first of all, if you look at the Lakers play, LeBron is the most ball-dominant one guy on the Lakers, um, even with a prime AD and a Russell Westbrook. Um, you think at age 37, the, the reins would be given up to Anthony Davis or let Russell Westbrook run out the gas on his motor. No, LeBron is still um, the ball-dominant guy in the Lakers, and not only that, he is playing exceptional. In retrospect, at Michael Jordan at age 37 only put up 20 points per game. Guess how much LeBron is putting up? 29.3. Um, Michael Jordan also didn't make the Wizards better. Um, you see the uh, chaos going on with Westbrook. You see Anthony Davis not being the dominant center they need them to be, like, say, Joel Embiid or Jokic. Um, he's, he's not playing at that, that level. If there's any time to talk about LeBron, it's right now. Um, most points per game since 2007, I would say that's his prime. And if you look at the defensive level, he has the most blocks per game since 2008 So of his career. So LeBron has upped his defense, his, his points per game. He's still running the same assist and rebound numbers right now. He is age 30 seven that is ridiculous um and it really just puts it in the play how bad the late if you look at the lakers their defensive efficiency um you know their assists per game it's very bad um you know without lebron they'd be dead last i really think they'd be uh you know down where the rockets are with like 10 wins um and lebron is proving himself right now even though they're in the ninth seed that he is still that guy, and if there's any time to talk about him, it's right now. He's talked about it every year. We've I've seen kind of a quiet run on him. The kind of, the young guys are taking over, which I like. But uh, LeBron, I think the only, the reason he should be talked about is one. I've said it like five times now. He's 37. Um, a lot of guys can't walk at age 37, so it's crazy to see. 29 points 
per game though is MVP like numbers and to do it at that age is uncanny um, it's ridiculous I think right now LeBron is underrated um, he's not being talked about in any MVP race mainly because they're Lakers record but those numbers are insane um, yeah speaking of LeBron he's in this list and the list you've all been waiting for it might heat up a debate in the living room and that's what I'm here to do this is my top 10 NBA players of all time. Now, the forbidden door, the conversation. Drake, do players from today's NBA have it a lot rougher than players per se in the 90s and 80s? If you throw, say, for instance, you throw Tim Hardaway Jr. in the 80s, does he become Magic Johnson level? Here's what I say to that. No, because if you give any of the players from the 90s or 80s, the trainers you have today, and if it, the size isn't much different either. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was seven foot two. Um, Will Chamberlain had a 50-inch vertical, un, unrecorded, but that's what the rumors were. He was a freak athlete. Um, you give the guys back then, the NBA trainers you have today, and the evolution of the game that has happened today, I think a lot of these guys still succeed. And a lot of these guys on the list... I'd say five are, you know, older players back in the 80s and 90s, and five of them are more current, 2000s, some of them still playing today. Um, if you, how do I put this into play? If you give them the trainers and tr uh, the evolution of the game that they have today and anything that these players have today, a lot of these players would, would succeed. And that is what the phrase ahead of their time means. Um some of these older players were ahead of their time, and that's why they would dominate in today's league, and that is why they dominated like crazy in the 80s and 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, and there's, let me just settle that point right here too. Um, there's been players that have played throughout the 90s into the 2000s and have still put up good numbers. For instance, Scottie Pippen. For instance, Kobe Bryant. These players have been through different eras of basketball and have still dominated at an elite level. Kobe Bryant's done it. Um... Tim Duncan's done it. Hakeem Olajuwon's done it. There's Carl Malone went through four eras of basketball and still put up has the um, second most career points of all time. So when you look and when you say throw Steph Curry in the 90s, you just, obviously he's going to dominate like crazy, but the game hadn't evolved at that time. So I say these older players paved the way for them and we should respect their legacy we should respect their play and we can say what ifs all we want but this is what it is top 10 players of all time here we go number 10 kevin durant two-time nba champion you can say his rings were cupcake wins but kevin durant during his warrior stint was the most dominant player in basketball uh hence taking away steph curry's top 10 spot kevin durant uh was the finals MVP both of those times. Andre Iguodala was the finals MVP the other time when Steph Curry was playing. So that, I think Kevin Durant sits at number 10, Steph Curry 11. Kevin Durant, though, the most dominant offensive player of all time. There's a difference between greatest and dominant, though. Dominant means nobody can stop you. Greatest means you've done it at a prolific level throughout your entire career. Kevin Durant's a 7-foot guard who has averaged 20 points per game uh, almost every single season of his career. Um, he is a two-time champ, like I said, one-time MVP. Um, he has been a part of arguably the greatest team of all time with the 2018 Warriors. 
Uh, Kevin Durant has been a prolific scorer his entire career. Uh, numerous All-Star nominations. Uh, very underrated defensive player. Kevin Durant, I think, is the 10th best player of all time. Uh, number nine, I have Hakeem Olajuwon. These are these accolades are out of it. One of the few players to put up a quadruple double. Let's get that off the table first. That's nearly impossible now. 12-time All-Star, 6-time All-NBA First Team, 2-time NBA Champ. Once Jordan left the NBA, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar dominated, or not Kareem, Hakeem Olajuwon dominated like none other. That was Hakeem's league if Jordan ever came back. We might see Hakeem in a top five spot if Jordan doesn't come back. Um, he completely dominated the NBA in 93 and 94. Um, his stats are ridiculous. He averaged nearly 20 points for 14 consecutive seasons. Um, Six-time All-NBA first team, that's ridiculous to do. And he has one of the most unstoppable hook shots of all time. Um I think Hakeem is one of those guys you can throw in today's league, and he can be a guy like Joel Embiid, um, but a winner. So Hakeem Olajuwon sits at number nine. Number eight, Tim Duncan, greatest power forward of all time, averaged over 15 points per game for 17 years. He's a three-time Finals MB, three-time Finals MVP, All NBA, and All Defensive for 13 consecutive seasons. Um, yeah, he's the greatest power forward of all time. One of the most mechanical basketball player of all time. He's the definition of a big man. He really is. He's the definition of everything a big man should be. Um, he was part of the Popovich squad. He played like this is one of the players I was talking about. He dominated in three separate eras of basketball. Uh, 99, when they won the title with David Robinson. Uh, the mid-2000s, 07, 05 through 07 with their uh, Spurs three-peat or... Um, I don't. I don't think they won three consecutive, but they won three titles in the mid two thousands, and then two thousand thirteen, towards the end of his career, he still put up great numbers. Three separate eras of basketball, um, and that just proves the theory wrong that um, you know you can't throw any player in any era and they'll dominate. Um, we see players like Tim Duncan. Um, he's still he's from the nineties. He was drafted in the nineties. You go through the NBA seasons. And around 2015, he's still dominant. So, yeah, basketball's changed, but the players adapt to it. Boom. Number eight, Tim Duncan. Number seven, Larry frickin' Bird. Um, basically averaged 20, over 20 points a game every season of his career. Three-time MVP, three-time NBA champ, uh, nine-time All-NBA first team. Every year in the league, he dominated. Now, um, he and Magic Johnson were the king of the king of 80s basketball. Um, I think Larry Bird is one of the top five greatest scorers of all time. Um, he is a killer. And I think if you put him in today's league, he's still going to be an amazing scorer. Uh, this, that's number seven. Number six is where I'm going to ruffle a lot of feathers. Kobe Bryant. Um, a lot of people have him in the Mount Rushmore. A lot of people have him top three. I got him at number six. Um, here's the Here's the thing. Kobe Bryant has two rings where he was the main guy by himself. And I think the 2008 championship... Uh, with against the Celtics seven game series is one of the most meaningful rings of all time uh, probably one behind LeBron James 2016 NBA Finals win against the Warriors when they were down 3-1 and I think Kobe Bryant's against the Celtics comes in second it's a very underrated title uh, title win and one of the most meaningful of all time but here's the deal he has two of those by himself 
His partner in crime, Shaq, has three where he was the main guy. I think that's where this separates them. Kobe would be in my top five, but he has two rings as the main guy. Shaq has three. That's the difference. Um, five-time NBA champ, 11-time All-NBA first team, most underrated, one of the most underrated defensive players of all time. I have Kobe Bryant as the second greatest scorer of all time. As an efficient scorer, he's the second greatest. Um you know, one of the probably the, one of the most unstoppable offensive players of all time. May he rest in peace. Number six, Kobe Bryant. Number five, Shaq, most dominant player of all time. Most unstoppable force ever. Three-time champion as the main guy. That's the difference between him and Kobe. 14-time All-NBA, All-NBA team. He was either first, second, or third All-NBA team 14 times in his career. The only thing that puts him ahead of Kobe is being three-time champ as the main guy. That's it. We all know what Shaq's about. I got him at number five. Number four, Magic Johnson. Greatest distributor of all time. Uh, I think Magic Johnson has the highest case for if you throw a player in today's league, they would be successful. Um, I think he'd be like LeBron. Maybe a less, a little less version of a scorer that LeBron is. Um, he's, he was 6'9", 220. Uh, is a goat at everything besides scoring. He was an insane passer. Great one of the best defensive players of all time, uh, great rebounder as a as a 6'9 guard, most dominant 80s ball player ever. He's the 80s. Magic Johnson was the definition of 80s basketball. Uh, five-time NBA champ, nine-time All-NBA first team, 12-time All-Star. He was 80s basketball. Um, him and Larry Bird had the battles. Magic, Magic Johnson's clearly the better. I'd say Magic's the better player. Um, I got him at number four. This is where my Mount Rushmore starts. So we got Magic Johnson as one face. Number three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Dominated the 70s and 80s. So he dominated two decades. Six-time NBA champ. When you think of any NBA accolade, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar probably holds a stake in one of them. Um, all-time scoring leader. That's just one of them. 18-time All-Star. Um, Kareem's one of those guys besides LeBron where if you... When you get up there in age, you're still dominant. He was still dominating the game at age 40. So as a center, not as much, but he was still there putting up good numbers. Um, so I got him at number three. He won. He car- carried the Bucks all the way to a championship in the 70s. Um, not as meaningful as the Lakers titles, I think, because um, there's this is where the difference comes in. I don't think there was as good as athletes in the 60s and 70s. Well, once you hit the 80s, I that's where it changes, you know. There are two to three guys to, um, to where I think that if you put in today's NBA, they'd, su- they'd succeed. And what is Kareem in the 70s? I think he'd be a lot, he'd be just be a dominant center um, because of his height and weight. Give him the NBA trainers, he'd be great. He was very athletic. Wilt Chamberlain, one of the most athletic NBA players of all time. I don't care if he was in the 60s and 70s. He was a freak athlete. And Pete Maravich, I see a lot of Steve Nash in him. I think he'd succeed. Um, those three guys from the 60s and 70s, I think, would be successful in the NBA. Not Maybe not as successful as they were, but they would be good players. Anywho, Kareem at number three. Number two, Michael Jordan. <laughs> I might have not ruffled a lot of feathers when I said Kobe Bryant at number six, but I know I just made a lot of 40-year-old men turn off their TVs when I just said this. Anyway, Michael Jordan, some say he's the GOAT. I say he's number two. Dominated 90s basketball, 6-0 and in the finals. What more can you want? Here's what I want. Not having, not winning everything once Pippen comes in. 
Uh, not getting past the Pistons until Pippen comes in. There's a lot of Pippen that's going to be said in this. Scotty Pippen, obviously. Um, here's the deal. Michael Jordan didn't succeed until he got help. Um, he's a very good fever dream for a lot of old heads. Um, he's the greatest scorer of all time. I will give him that. 6-0 in the finals, undefeated. Best finals record of all time. Better than LeBron's 4-6. and six. But here's the deal. Um, first of all, he left the NBA, came back. Um, I... Ugh, that's such a weird thing. Um, a lot of there's a lot of conspiracies about why he left the NBA. I'm not gonna let that alter my opinion as the goat debate. Um, he, you know, there's you can do what you want with this debate, but here's how I see it: Michael Jordan's the greatest scorer ever. LeBron's better that ever at everything else. Um, you know, it's it's the whole Pippen deal. Michael Jordan was 0 and 8 in the playoffs until Pippen came along. And then once he got his boys together, he exalted himself as the best basketball player of all time until LeBron's 3-1 championship win. Um, LeBron at number one. LeBron is the smartest NBA player of all time. He's made it to 10 finals. Um, here's where my opinion comes in. Uh, if it was based off rings, Bill Russell is your GOAT. You call me crazy because I said Bill Russell's the GOAT? Yeah, it is crazy. It's not about rings. Here's here's what it's about. Um, LeBron is the greatest passer of our generation. LeBron is the most dominant player of our generation. He led a group of scrubs to the playoffs five years in a row. And this is the main factor, I think, where it changes between Jordan and LeBron. Dynasty killings. Now, you look at Jordan... Killed the Pistons dynasty, killed the Jazz, dropped Barkley. Here's who LeBron beat. The greatest regular season team of all time, 73-9 Warriors. He took down the Big Four with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Rajon Rondo. Dropped them off. He killed the Popovich Spurs, Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, Tim Duncan. Um, he dropped off the Chauncey Billup. Billups led Pistons um, without any help. And he did a few of these without any help. And a lot tougher competition. Now, you may have said, Drake, you just said the competition isn't any different. There was a lot better dynasties in the 2010s and mid-2000s than there were in the 90s. Um, MJ wasn't as dominant long enough. He was the most dominant player. He was the greatest player of all time to step on the court he just didn't do it long enough and that's where the debate settles and lebron took down a lot better dynasties he led a group of scrubs to the playoffs five years in a row which is a lot more impressive than waiting till pippen got there um he made a finals with a bunch of scrubs um he played in a lot superstar caliber era than jordan did um towards jordan towards you know when jordan got hot Bird and Magic were already getting older, and they their dominance wasn't there. Jordan was entering his prime. Uh, I could go on and on about this. Michael Jordan's number two, LeBron's number one. That's the debate settled. Attack me in the comments. Attack your friends. Who do they think? Um, this is this is very fun. Um, you know, it can it can heat up the debate. I wish I had someone to argue with right now, but I'm really just naming off stats and arguing with myself and giving off reasons. But I got MJ at number two, LeBron at number one. 
and that is my entire all-time NBA players list. Comment down in the section below. Tell me what you think. Um, this is the this is the end of the episode. Thank you everybody for watching. Um, if you have your own list, drop it down in the comments below. Hit that subscribe button, like the video, and uh, thank oh thank you guys for watching my Kentucky Kansas vlog. Um, that was very fun to make. It was a fun time. Um, told you guys I was gonna drop it, but uh, yeah, look out for another vlog here in the future. Um, more podcasts, more a lot more info coming soon. Clothing line still in the works. We got a lot coming, everybody. Thank you for watching episode 20. And we just peaked a 1,000 views in total. A lot of things going up right now. All right. Uh, for the podcast setting, I will see you guys Wednesday. I might drop a vlog this week. Who knows? And, yeah. Peace.